this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Father God, I come to you humble before your throne, thanking you for your grace, your mercy, and your love for just blessing me with another day of life. I give honor to you, Father God, to the pastor, and to my family and friends on this call tonight. I just thank you for just carrying me through this week, for giving me the patience and the understanding that it's not my will, but your will. We welcome you into our studies tonight, Father God, that you touch each and one of us, that you resonate in us, that you let your will anoint our salvation, that we continue to grow in your word and understanding to be more or less like you and less like ourselves. Wherever, forever, give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Praise be to God. And so we just wanted to, you know, I, I can't go forward because I don't think, I can't say I don't think, I know we're not ready to go forward into the next few projects, and there's only a few more left. And so I really was asking God what to do tonight and how um, do we get you to really understand the things that are important and what he has been saying to us and really to you know get a feel for where you guys are at since you've been listening to you know this particular series of messages that's in Exodus. And so before we go further, I don't have a lot to say tonight, but I wanted to hand it over to Shandalyn because I think she's the perfect outsider to recap some of the things that have been said in order to get us to the place that we need to go in the next few verses that he's going to bring forward. So I'm going to mute myself and Shandalyn, the floor is yours. Sure. Um, hi, everybody. Good evening. Can you guys hear me? Yes. 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 Awesome. Yes. awesome. Hi. Good to hear y'all, beloved. Um, <clears throat> as of course, I, I typically follow along and lurk behind on Spotify um, because usually right now is a little bit too late for me to join, um, given the amount of children that I have running through this house. Um, however. The Lord has had me kind of in the in the background, um, not only interceding for you guys perpetually, um, but really bouncing things off of pastor and and not only that, but pouring into me um, through this series as well. Um, it has been as much of a blessing it, it, as it's been to me, you know, 1500 miles away as it, as it has been or should be to you guys. 
um, experiencing it locally. Um, and so there were just a couple of thoughts that the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you guys, um, particularly given that for some of you, this is new, um, the concept of radical change as a Christian is new. Um, and for others, it's been resisted for so long that it feels new. Um, and so um, the first thing I wanna say is welcome to the way. Um, for those of us that have been either Christians or churchianity folks for a long time, um, the way of Christ is quite specifically the shedding of oneself. It is us no longer living, but Christ living in us, the hope of glory. Um, and I want you guys to understand that we cannot belong to Christ if we do not go through this radical change. The two do not exist. <laughs> we must go through this. It's not optional. But I also want to help you guys understand what the wilderness period of our walks look like, because it's never going to be a one and done. We are going to be perpetually refined until such day as the kingdom of God um, has reached the earth in its fullness and in, in its completeness. And I'll get to that in a second. But I want to take it back to a maybe a year and a half ago when we were all at a conference together, and one of the speakers said, "You know, we've you, you you've been with Christ for as long as we've been with Christ, but now it's time to go into the kiln." And for me, from my personal experience, that's when I started this wilderness journey with the Lord, um, and it's not always been the most fun. It's been a lot of tears shed. Um, it's been a lot of forgiveness without apologies from the people I need to forgive. Um, it's been a lot of swallowing my words and my opinions. It's been a lot of seeing things that I can't change and giving God the glory anyway. Um, it's been a lot of feeling like Moses <laughs> where, I'm kind of in the desert and there's no, I, everything that I bought with me to the desert means nothing. And the value with which that I put on things being stripped of me as well. And so if I could start back with the first message where we all talked about, or the conversation talked about our excuses and the message that we talked about when it came to our excuses, where Moses was in Meridian and the burning bush called out to him and he's talking to God and God said, you're going to go do A, B, C, and D. And Moses was like, nah, I'm not doing any of that because if they, they would have listened to me when I was in my might and in my own strength, why would they listen to me now? And God told him, well, yeah, the difference is me essentially. And then we all heard our excuses, but I think the part that we missed is the part where Bradley said, you have to sit with God and have a burning bush moment. And 
if you go back to that message, I strongly encourage that you pause at all of the action points because I want to say there were maybe three, maybe four action points with which um, we were instructed to go through certain encounters with the Lord. But I think the most important of it, if you've not done it yet, is to have your burning bush moment because Bradley was not lying. What will end up happening is God will show you the destination. He will not show you the journey. And that's what the wilderness is for. And so let me get at least to the wilderness. But before I do that, Pastor, is there anything you want to say right there? Okay. Can someone poke in and say that? They, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Bradley is on the, is Bradley on the phone? I see Bradley. I, am. I don't need to speak. Bradley can speak on that a little bit more. What am I speaking on? The burning bush? Yes, please. Um, it's seemingly quite simple yet to the body and soul it's obstinate and what i mean is um he will give you a notion to draw to but it is our job to actually turn um usually it is a small notion or is a small nudge but it is for a very powerful, intimate moment with them when things will be revealed and shown to you and challenged. But if we don't, then, you know, I'll say it like I told this young Christian who happens to be around, you're just frolicking outside of the Holy of Holies and um, trying to hear words and and do his biddings on things in your life, but then never actually entering into the Holy of Holies. One time drawing to that nudge will open up something very, very large for your relationship with him and your purpose of your created being but will also give you, as I'm sure Shenlon will talk about, um, an anchor for what you may, what sort of wilderness you may have to go through. Otherwise you'll probably die. Not to be intense, but. Does that help? Very much so. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, I don't laugh because it's funny necessarily. I laugh because what Bradley hit on is 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 one hundred percent dead on. This this is not intended to be easy. It is intended for you to fall in love with him all the more as he carries you through it. So let me back up for a second and talk about the purpose of the wilderness, because again, to Bradley's point, he's going to show you the destination so that you can maintain your eyes on the prize when everything in you is telling you to run away and to give up. 
And for some of you that are seasoned, um, you're there. I can feel it in the spirit. <laughs> um, I, I know the Monday through Friday fight. I know it. I've been through it. I go through it. Um, but what keeps me going is what he showed me, what I saw. But not only that, again, the wilderness is intended to refine. It is intended to strip. It is intended to test. It is intended to try as the, the, the judgment seat that we've experienced twice now has done. It is intended to get us to a place where we value nothing but him. And he's been telling us for years now that we value everything else, even our own thoughts, more than we value him. And he's saying, my kingdom doesn't tolerate anything of value besides me. And we can't be full citizens of his kingdom, tolerating anything of value, bringing anything of value with us. He's gotta be it. And so what pops in my spirit is a dream that I had a couple of weeks ago. I have a friend who lost her father um, and he was everything to her. Um, he was the knight in shining armor. He was he was that dad. And I knew him. He was a, a wonderful human being. Um, and he passed away of cancer. And she was and is devastated. But in the dream, she had also lost a sibling. And what I saw her doing was everywhere we went, you know, we were hanging out. Everywhere we went, she had this huge trunk. It was one of those old 80s trunks that had the silver clasp in the front on each side and the big lock in the middle. And she was dragging that sucker around everywhere she went. And it would, it would get in the way, it would bang tables, it would do all the things that a big clunky trunk would do. But in the trunk, she had three porcelain um, like gifts, like dolls. And they held value to her. And she carried them around because she couldn't drop it. And, and they, were, they were valuable to her. She couldn't leave it at home. Like she was telling us, I can't leave it at home. It has to come with me. It, it has to come everywhere I go. No, I can't leave it at home. And to the point where other friends would drop off and, and not show up to things because she had this big trunk along with her and it was hitting people as she was walking and everybody knew that she had it and it was really obvious. And at the end of the dream, I said, you have to let this stuff go. It means absolutely nothing. Because when she dropped it, it shattered. And then it became completely worthless. And when I woke up from the dream, the Lord told me, drop the things that you value and tell my body that they can't value anything more than me. And so that was part of the catalyst for me calling pastor this morning to catch up with her. But if I may share a little bit, what the Holy Spirit has been walking me through on this, you know, second go around with Exodus, which is to say, he shared with me three solid things that he wants to strip with me, strip from me 
in this go around. And I can't get into detail just yet, but in those three things, he also asked me to fast from three separate things for, the, for those three things that he is going to remove as I give it up. That's not to say that you guys will have three or four or five or seven or a million or none. What it's to say is spend time with the Lord after these messages and hear what he has to say about them. This is how you go through this time, this period of testing, this period of trying is you always check with him. You always sit before him. I don't always have time. I got a whole baby in these streets. I got a four-year-old. I, I got a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old whom I love dearly and who I need to be present for, not only work, but then also a husband. But it's so crucial that you make time for the one thing the one and only, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Because there's going to be times in this wilderness that you are going to feel completely alone, even in a house full of people. Trust me, I've been through it. But those times where he teaches you to draw near to him as he draws near to you, you can't get it anywhere but in the wilderness. Because if you hadn't known, if you hadn't guessed from maybe reading on in Exodus or in your conversations with the Lord, what this wilderness period is for this house, and I'm speaking prophetically, is for the sake of consecration. He wants top quality faith ministries consecrated unto himself. What does that mean, Chandelin? Oh, I, that's great. I have a cool desk definition for you. You don't have to guess. So to consecrate means to make or declare something, typically a church, sacred, dedicate formally to a religious or a divine purpose. The informal definition, which is my favorite, devote something exclusively to a particular purpose. The Lord wants to devote top quality faith ministries to a very particular purpose in his kingdom. Yes, we're supposed to be winning souls, but the winning of souls is not necessarily, or at least primarily, for those souls to die and go to heaven, including your own. The consecration the, the make something exclusively for a particular purpose for TQFM is so that you guys can be pioneers and catalysts for what they were rejoicing for in the book of Revelation. Yes, Revelation does call out the souls. It calls out the winning of souls that sit before the throne. But the jubilation in the throne room was the moment when it was announced that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, who shall reign forever and ever. God has called this house to a very particular, very special purpose. And that is to subdue the kingdom of darkness. And that is to where we walk and our shadow heals, our shadow convicts. Our presence brings down the holiness and the glory of God. 
where we see physical manifestations of what happens in the spirit realm, where we're able to stop the weather like Elijah or call the weather down, where we're able to cast out demons and they don't put up a fight, they flee, where we're able to be in a space and in a time in business, in the marketplace, and we influence for not only God, but for his people, where the calamities there that are about to come upon this earth do not affect us, but instead we become a refuge to those that also belong to Christ. And I want to I want to hit a specific prayer of your pastor that I don't know that y'all prayed, but she wants every single one of y'all to have the oil for your lamps when the bridegroom comes. That has been her prayer. And God is answering her prayer by bringing us through the wilderness for the purpose and for the sake of consecration so that we can be holy as he is holy. Nothing that you are doing that he is asking you to give up is worth more than that. I promise you. I'm pausing here. Pastor, anything? Yes. I don't want you guys just to hear what she's saying. I want you to stop and I want you to digest what's being said. And it's so important that you guys digest what's being said. Okay. You're not. Okay. Hold on a second. I added. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Can you guys hear me? Yes. We, okay. we always okay. you. Yeah. Okay. I added my sister to the call, and so we muted her. I wanted her to listen in. Anyway, it's so important that you guys really hear what Chandelin is saying, and I don't want you to listen as it's Chandelin speaking. I want you to stop and listen as Lord, the Lord is speaking to you. We are at a, how would I say it, Lord? A high peak, he says. And we are moving, not slowly, but we're moving quickly into the place that God has established for each one of us to rule and reign. And it's so important that you look at the things that you've been carrying. And it's really a time to assess and just let go. So when you stop to listen to the dream and you really stop to listen to that dream because anytime somebody says a dream to me, I stop and say, okay, Lord, I need to listen because it's telling me something. It's giving me some form of insight. 
It's trying to get me to release something. And in that particular place, I start saying, what is it that I'm looking at? What is it that I'm holding on to? What is it that you really want me to go? And, and one of the things I have in my suitcase is my idea of what the kingdom looks like. And that means it includes my idea of what each one of you look like in the kingdom as well. God has not defined that to me because that's not his job to tell me is to find it to you. And to help you to understand the call that's on your life and, and how we all sync together. So I really want you guys to hear her speak and really look at what's in your suitcase. And I could hear it rattling along. And, and, and I can hear the noise of the stuff that's inside the suitcase. Have you ever had some shoes or something in a suitcase? And that's all you really had, especially as a little kid, if you ever played dress up or whatever, you can hear the junk inside the suitcase moving around as you're pulling that suitcase along. And after a while, the noise just becomes so, how would I say, noise of noticeable that you say okay let's let's make this a table let's change what this should be and so as a little kid you change what it should be in order to be able to continue to utilize it and so god is literally saying he's looking for you to exchange these items for him back to you chandler sure so and, and thank you pastor and so, you know, I go back to Moses <laughs> um, and to the example again, not only of our excuses, but the turning point in his relationship with God, because again, we haven't gotten to it yet, um, but Moses is revered um, throughout the, the Old and New Testaments, and he is a friend of God. There's a reason for it. And we read, you know, in Exodus five-ish, I want to say, with the commentary that when he was rejected, not only by the Jews, but also by Pharaoh, he went straight back to God and told God exactly how he felt. Essentially, why do you have me up there looking foolish? And when he did that, the insight that God gave him the first thing that he said, now you'll see what's about to occur. God gave him really good information at the burning bush. He told him, you're going to be back here at this mountain. That'll be your sign. But then he began to run a play-by-play, -play, top to bottom of what Moses was going to experience. Why? because Moses gave his heart in that moment, what was on his heart, what had weighed him down, which was rejection. That was why he was Meridian in Meridian in the first place. His own righteousness, his own way of being the deliverer, his own notions of who he was and how that deliverance was going to come. And then even when he followed the instructions he still failed. <laughs> he still went back to God. 
And I think a lot of us where we fall short is when we fall short, God doesn't become our refuge. He's the first thing that we repel against. He's the first thing, that he's the last person we talk to. And when things don't go our way, everybody knows but him, how we feel. And there, if there's one thing I've learned being in this fire for as long as I have, is he's all I have. He wants us, even in those fiery moments, to be with him and in his face, letting us know how we feel about it so that then he can provide solutions, so that then he can remind you that he is with you, so that then you can see the way he sees things and then use his mouth, his words to address the situation. And then for those of us that can speak to atmospheres, all of us should, but some of us still, some of us can, then call those things that are not as though they are and bring things from the spirit realm into the, into the natural realm, simply because our heart belongs to him. Our heart beats for only him. And what he's been saying about this beautiful journey that is the wilderness is yes, it's going to be painful, but yes, I will be with you. Yes, I promised you there's going to be suffering in this lifetime, but yes, I will be with you. And not but, and. <laughs> yes, you're going to go through trials. Yes, I'm going to put you to the test. Yes, Satan is going to come in your space. However, as I was tempted in the wilderness, you use your mouth to overcome by my blood and by the word of your testimony and he'll leave your space as he left mine. Yes, you have been made more than victorious and more than conquerors through him that loved us. Yes, you are victorious. And speaking of victory, really quickly, the promised land is not the ease of the wilderness. The promised land is for conquering and going to conquer. But that's a different message for a different day. But I want you guys to understand that the wilderness is not to get to a space where you can breathe. The wilderness is to get to a space where you can stand. Because where Moses was the leader, Joshua was the warrior. He's building the warrior in you so that you can stand not only the wiles of the enemy, but anyone that comes in your space to throw you off guard, to trip you up, and then from your own pitfalls that you put in your way. I pause here. I'm gonna give it to Bradley. Do you Don't have anything to, to share? Yet. Oh, I'm sorry, Don't go give ahead. It to Bradley. She literally said, well, you use your voices. I can hear the Holy Spirit is literally saying, this is a time to get off your mat and really stand in the places that you are called into and to truly use your voice. When we go back and we look 
at the journey that we have walked through with Moses. Aaron was given to be the voice for Moses. The Holy Spirit is your voice. And so this is why he's looking for you not to basically use praying in the spirit as a crutch. He wants you and he shows me crutches to release the crutches that you have and understand that when he said, get up and walk, that you have been set free, that you're no longer trying to hold on to something to keep you abreast in him. He's your, he's your strength. He sustains you. And, and he will sustain you in everything you do. You have to be willing to let go. And when I'm really saying let go, we did an exercise. You got to, got to continue to fight through to get to that place where you're no longer afraid just to open your mouth and let the spirit of the Lord speak through you and speak through you boldly. Now I can give it to Bradley if he has something. Hello. My father said to me as I walked back in this room, they do not see because they're focused temporarily. Everything we're dealing with, we see from a temp. Does everyone know what that means? Temporal. Do not look onto the things that are temporal, but the things that are unseen. Yes. So we are looking at everything that we can see, and that is how we are weighing and encompassing our perspective. If we look at the cares of our heart or what we carry on our souls right now and everything, do we think we can carry that to the heavens? We cannot. As we are, been, have been taken into the judgment courts, why is it important for us to be judged? Because when we are experienced in learning to be judged and obviously cleansed and purified and set right and learning to stand, we are also learning how to judge. Because as for right now, temporal, being temporal perspective beings, we don't know how to judge things. So we judge and then we are therefore then judged ourselves. As I went into uh, this place an angel took me into in the heavens recently, he showed me, as the priest, you know, went into the Holy of Holies, he had uh, the breastplate of judgment on his chest, which I've spoken of previously, had the 12 tribes of, of Israel, but he had to be cleansed and purified for basically a year before he could enter in, and with that on his chest, because why? When we enter into the... Uh, this place where we are to be a judge with him, we carry things on our breastplate of cares and things like that, that we, if we do not know how to judge properly, we will not know how to pray for properly. We will not know how to move into things properly. And so in this place, he showed me, I had to rip off whatever I had on my chest that my soul was bearing because it was the cares of this world before I could even enter into that position because I could not judge properly. And so, therefore, I could not stand properly as he wished me to stand, not temporally, but heavenly. So, if we are focused temporal mindsets, we are going to see things temporally, which means we are going to struggle in a way that is going to cause us pain towards God and blaspheme and also 
back away from God because our soul will blame him. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So a lot of our fight is the, I mean, if you think of our walk in union with Yahweh and the desire for him to have an internal union that is greater than the glory of Moses as it's shown on his face is because of who we are supposed to be, even presently, who we are supposed to be and what we're able to do. Talking to the to realms and the physical nature, it's supposed to listen to us anyway. But we're trying to, he's trying to get us into a position so we can be aligned. You know, I actually, right before Bible study, he reminded me of something because he called me to the floor. And as I vibrated into this place of the eternal, he said, oh, what did he say to me? He says, I found something familiar. And I was like, oh, my God. He is looking for something in us that looks like him so he can fill us. Does that make sense? So we are a shadow of the heavenly things. So we are representation. So he cannot fill what it is not is not his. He cannot fill what does not look like him. And so we have to carry the face of Yahweh from the beginning because we are also the end. But we can't do that if we are temporarily focused. If we carry these these bags like the dream around saying this is I have to have. And he told me. The only reason we carry such things is because we actually don't realize what exists for us up there, like in the present, what we what is actually currently for us. I'll give it back to you, Shandalyn. <sighs> Take a second and really by the spirit, receive what was just said. He said, the things that are seen are temporal. The things that are unseen are eternal. That's all that the Lord has been convincing us and attempting to convince us of is that what goes on in this earth will perish. It's all perishable goods, just like white bread from the store. But what he has for us lasts through eternity in a space where time doesn't exist. then why do we fight? Why do we fight? That's a rhetorical question. Please don't come off mute unless pastor asks you to. But why do we fight? Because as Bradley said, and as the dream indicated, they're valuable to us. The Israelites left Egypt with everything and died in the wilderness with nothing. That whole generation died. I pause there because I need y'all to hear that. 
the whole generation, they died with nothing. They crossed the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant and what they had gotten for themselves in the wilderness. And that's it. I gotta jump in here. Sure. Holy Spirit literally said to me that you have seen so many of your loved ones go home. And there's no evidence of him that remains today. And he began to say to me, when you're so caught up in me, you leave a piece of me behind for others to cling on to and to grow into. He said, the world strives to lead their legacy. But for you, your legacy is me. In the Bible, Onesimus, I think that's his name, the way it says, he speaks of his grandmother. And he speaks of how great she was. But we don't know who she was. But we know she was great. And we know that she left a legacy behind. And everything that she did speaks of Christ. God wants what you leave behind to speak of him and to continue to speak to generations to come. And so he says to me to say to you, so you must shed. He said, you must shed the past. You must shed the past. Back to you, Chandler. Amen. <clears throat> um, he has asked me to talk about perfection. Whew. Um, <clears throat> it is not easy hearing that you're less than perfect with specificity. Um, particularly when you strive for perfection. However, that's the error. <clears throat> what our goal should be, and again, this period of time is, <clears throat> is to introduce a paradigm shift in how our heart believes and how our mind thinks and how we speak, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, is to understand that we can withstand correction because he loves us. It is the marker of his love for us that he corrects us. John 15 is a beautiful chapter. And again, you guys know this, 
uh, the latter chapters of John, he's in the upper room. He's having the last supper with his disciples. He's loving on John. You know, he tells Judas that what you got to do, go do. But he's pouring into them before he goes out in the garden to start praying. And John 15 is so crucial outside of the of 14, where he talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit, where he talks about how he is the vine. And the father is the vine dresser. And his branches are expected, paraphrasing, to bear fruit. And those that bear fruit, he prunes. And the ones that don't get cut off. I don't want you to focus necessarily on the cut off part. I want you to focus on the pruning. He calls this house a house that bears fruit. And I can see the fruit <laughs> and the juiciness of this fruit that this house bears is tasty for all. You know how some people, oh, I don't like pineapple. Peach is not my thing. Strawberries only in these three weeks of the summertime when they're this particular type of sweet. You have fruit that's going to come out of this house that's good to anybody who will taste it. And that fruit will only grow on a pruned branch. And so if it feels like heart to heart, I'm trying to convince you to accept this process because some of you are still like, oh, don't hit me anymore, Lord. Say yes to this process formally to the Lord if you have not yet. Commit your heart to saying yes to whatever God is asking you to release, even if he's not fully defined it in you yet. Because one of the things that has helped me go through this kiln, yes, with tears, but also with great amounts of joy, more joy in my lifetime than I've ever had, is because whatever he's asked me, I know it's worth it. And like Abraham is mentioned in, in Romans chapter four, whatever God has told me the destination is, he's strong enough and capable enough as the supreme being of this universe to accomplish it. Because he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. The same is true for each one of you. I have no doubts. I know that he's about to build top quality faith in all of you. But we have halls of faith that have come in and through this household, this, this house, this church. And he wants to do even that much more through us to where the supernatural or the, the spiritual meets the natural where we can lay hands. We don't have to watch pastor do it. We can do it. 
where we can go out into the streets and be his emissary with nothing holding us back. Where we can be the change in our community, in our region. Where we can tear down the principality that's over and assigned to wherever it is that we're living or wherever, wherever it is that we're operating, where we can send the enemy scattering and put a thousand to flight by one and 10,000 by two. Where we're not waiting for God by his providence to move. Where we're walking as conquerors, victorious, as his sons and daughters, seating, seated in heavenly places with him, conquering and to conquer. That's the legacy I wanna leave. Not one necessarily that accumulates wealth, not one necessarily that is liked, because, oh, by the way, Jesus was hated. We're not going to be liked. But this process is so that we could represent heaven well. Moses made the conscious choice to do it. God is asking us to make the conscious choice to do it. Oh, and by the way, Moses did it without the cross. We have the cross. We have grace to overcome. Yet because we had been misusing it, now God has to bring us to this place and praise God for it. That he would bring salvation into our space, a way out into our space, that he wouldn't leave us in our own righteousness, leave us in our own unforgiveness, leave us in our fear of being told we're not perfect, leave us silent, leave us tied to whatever trauma we think we're tied to, that he would want us to be free. Oh, and realize we have the power to free ourselves. Pastor, anything? Of course. Wow, as you were talking, Holy Spirit took me back to the suitcase. And he showed me the latches on the suitcase and showed me how huge that suitcase was. And Bradley talked about on Sunday about our soul, but the Lord showed me in the suitcase that some of you are locked in the suitcase. And your soul man is locked in the suitcase. And the main reason why the soul man is in that suitcase is because of the fact that you never will come to grips with the issues you have regarding yourself. Hopefully you guys got what I just said. 
you're still picking yourself apart based on your outer appearance. And so your soul is, is, is locked. It cannot be set free because you're always trying to destroy the vessel that it's in. Does that make sense what I'm saying, you guys? Gentlemen, does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Um, and I think that... that... And, and I, go and ahead, I, sorry, hold, go ahead. Hold on, and I see like welling, especially to Kia. I see like there's welling, like there's been crying and crying and crying. I, I mean, I see like crying, you know, like it, 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 it to the point to where it is so much sobbing that the person is hurting from crying. You know how you cry so much that you're hurting? I can see that. And, and, and I can see the person dragging themselves around. And, and so when she talked about perfection, God's looking for everything. You can't offload you. Because he wants to use some of the things that you encountered through your livelihood to bring some of the people out of the places of bondage. And you're trying to offload some important things that God wants to continue to you. And, and, and then he shows me like, in the suitcase, you packed away a lot of stuff, stuff, you, stuff that really hurt, stuff that's things that really hindered you, stuff that really did. And the Lord said they're packed, but they were never given to me. He says, how can they not hurt you if you won't release them to me? He told me to go back to the wilderness. And, 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 and before I go there, Bradley, talk about the soul, what you were talking about last uh, on Sunday. Can you bring that back up real quick? Because some people didn't hear it. Um, I kind of forget what I was talking about. But um, someone brought up, they had, I think, a, a dream. And they said uh, their soul was, I'm sorry, they said something was condemning them. I think it looked like them. It looked like them, and it was condemning them. And I asked the question. I thought it was a spirit. It was Amanda. Uh. Well, I, I just didn't want to put her out there like that. But yes, it was Amanda. Um, she said the, it looked like her, and it was it was condemning her. And uh, so I think she thought it was a spirit of condemnation, but um, it was actually her soul. And so, oftentimes, our soul carries quite a bit of trauma. And oftentimes we actually condemn our souls. And so oftentimes we also beat ourselves up. When we beat ourselves up, when we have shame, we're, we're oftentimes beating up our souls quite a bit. And so our soul uh, needs healing, but it carries so much of this and it'll hold it against us. 
uh, as was why they, my soul showed up in the judgment courts to lay a case against me. And I cried because it was true and I felt so bad. And so I had to chat with my soul afterwards. But there is a necessity to, to realize that, but then deal with what it's carrying. Because our, our goal is to quicken our souls and to heal our souls, but to love our souls. Love our soul, love our body for the transfiguration. And we can't, it can't come to that if we are in disunion with our members. But it is quite necessary that if we are carrying quote unquote baggage in our souls, that we need to deal with it. Does that help? Is that what you're looking for, Pastor? 100%. And Takia, I'm not putting you on the spot if you're on the line, but uh, what he was literally wanted to make sure that you uh, understood because he used you as an example, but he really wanted to make sure you understood, just let go. A lot of times we think it's hard to let go. It's just to let go. You drop it. It's not about, you know, I got to position it for God to take care of it or to take it away. You just let go. You just let go. You let that go. Jesus reminds me when he's talking to the disciples and he's literally trying to get them to understand what the kingdom was really about. And it still went way over their heads. And it starts with letting go. Back to you, Chandler. Okay, so we're gonna wade into the territory of forgiveness. Um, yay. I had to walk through. Chandelier, before you get yes, there, God wants you to address the prophet, and that's Takia, because I don't think she realized to the extent how she's called into that position. And so I think to address her is to literally, to some extent, talk about you being that prophet and don't, not wanting to come into the place you're called. Oh, I mean, I could, like, this right now <laughs> is a challenge for me. Um, it, this is not something, this is not for the faint of heart. I'll say it that way. But I, I need you to understand, Takia, that you are not only a prophet, but you are a word prophet, which means if you get this, you could stand in front of either a nation, a congregation, a governmental body, or an individual, and open your mouth and fire will come from it. And it will be, thus saith the Lord. The prophet call on your life is so strong 
And I recall very specifically praying for you. I, I pray for you all the time, but I recall very specifically praying for you and the Lord showing you wading into very shallow water and you were lifting the water up and you were splashing it on yourself and you thought that water was deep but you were in like an infinity pool, like a waiting infinity pool and around the infinity pool and below it was the ocean. And God was asking you and calling you and wanting you to come into the deep with him. That's all he wants is that you grow in intimacy with him because what's gonna end up happening is to the point where his hand movements become your hand movements. The way he breathes becomes the way you breathe. The way he sees becomes the way you see. The way he speaks becomes the way you speak. That you guys no longer, the two of you no longer have diverging perspectives on the sphere with which you operate in now, the people that you currently have influence over now, and the people, places, and spaces he will send you to. But he's got to be able to effectively prune you. And you have to say yes to it. He stopped talking. Okay. Um, through this process, I've dealt with a lot of, of shedding of my pride and forgiving. Both of them are, are decently hard to do in the moment, except for when you recognize again that there's nothing of value that's not him. But in choosing to forgive, this is something that he told me. Um, I, I had an encounter with him, I wanna say January of last year, um, and we were hanging out and he was talking to me about healing from trauma um, after he told me to stop wearing it on my sleeve and stop talking about it, like, and, and stop giving it power, right? But what he told me was, you know, not only have I healed you, but I'm going to protect you from further trauma invading your space on one condition and he said you must choose to forgive and it's not something that comes that 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 you know we can receive it's something again just like walking through the wilderness and allowing him to prune you it's an active choice I received his protection for choosing to forgive. 
And what he told me was keeping a soft heart requires forgiveness and resisting offense, which is the birth mother of unforgiveness. And the understanding that he provided it helps me to draw closer to him because that didn't stop people from doing something that, that needed forgiveness, if you understand what I'm saying. But what protected me from either being rewounded by the same person, same people, or slicing open other wounds was saying, no, I'm just going to forgive. And I'm telling you right now, I recognize it's not always easy, particularly with family. But in choosing to forgive, therein, body of Christ, is where the healing remains. You don't have to keep laying hands on your heart every time someone hurts. You don't have to keep going through, through the altar call and getting prayer. The active forgiveness, the practice of forgiveness and being unoffendable, that's where true healing exists. And why am I talking about this? Because in the wilderness, you are going to be tried, particularly in the area of forgiveness. And with the healing that comes, keep the healing by forgiving. Okay, Pastor, I'll pause right there. I have nothing. Keep going. Okay, I'll give me a second. Let me see where else he wants us to go. We got to go back to the message to talk about more about the message. Sure. And to really begin to talk about some of the things you and I talked about, because I think that would be the finishing of this word. Because they have to look at that part. Okay. All right. Point me in the direction you want to go. Sorry, I'm looking at my stuff here. Shedding all God's, being in a uh, place that you only be in the position to where God is the only thing that's standing. So you and I talked about that. He's looking for a more intimate uh, relationship with him. And so you and I talked about that briefly. Mm -hmm. It's back to, and, and sorry again, I'm ever so challenged by the spotlight. I promise you this is not easy for me. However, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And with that, what I called pastor about this morning, not only was it just to check in with her or she called me, I just 
texted her good morning. But it was to understand and to ascertain. Again, I cannot emphasize this enough. Jesus is it, you guys. He's it. There's nothing more of value. And as you go through this journey, as we go through this, this dry and weary land, as Psalm 63 calls it, choose to earnestly seek him. And in the earnest seeking of him, that's where you'll see him. That's where you'll behold his glory. Make space for him. If you haven't done that in your home, if you haven't done that in your quiet time, all this has been about is to get all of us into the secret place with him where he can tell you of the wonders that you hear other people talking about, but that you can experience, where you can tap into the unseen realm, where you can see what it is he's trying to show you in the, in the spiritual realm and in other realms, because it's not, there's, there's more than just, than just one or two, there's several where you can see the different planes of existence, not from a new age sense, but what they're actually meant to be and how they actually exist. Where you can see the portals, where you can see the things that God wants you to see off of this earth, unbound, untethered to this world. Why? Because the world is about to walk into some serious judgment. The world is about to encounter the, the wars that the rumors have been setting us up for. The world is about to be shaken. Now bear in mind, nothing happens in the natural that hasn't first happened in the spirit realm, but understand the things that are about to befall the earth are allowed by God. And in that allowing, he wants you close to him. Not so that you necessarily miss what's going on because there is a, a, a realm and a level of protection that God's people will enjoy. but so that the kingdom can then advance as a result of the shaking. And I know this has been said and we've heard it a million times and it's, it's tired. Chandelin, you're repeating something that pastor has said, that Bradley has said, that prophet has said, that everybody has said, that people on YouTube are saying, but there's nothing better regardless as to what's happening. 
than knowing him and hearing it from him first because he's your friend. Then sitting at his feet, supping with him, dining with him, then going on the crazy, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit roller coaster ride that Bradley goes on with him. Then seeing the unseen realm as I do with him. Then loving even the unlovable as we all can because of his love. By moving in the spaces and places we're supposed to be moving because of his love for others. By having done all to stand, even when everything in you says, take a seat. Because you know him and you know he'll never let you down. It's never doubting that even the most basic needs of yours will be taken care of. Because as he takes care of the lilies in the field, he takes care of you. And that he will perpetually and continually meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And knowing that you can't earn any of this, it is always through, it is always by grace through faith. And that it is not of works, lest any man can boast. That we do this salvation thing, that we do this Jesus thing, and that we walk by the way, we follow the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, salvation is fabulous, but we're in this so that the kingdoms of this world can become the kingdoms of our Lord Christ, who shall reign forever and ever. I think I gotta pass it to you one more time, Pastor. Only thing he literally said to me to say to you guys is to listen. Meditate on me and trust the words that you're hearing. And I just see like shackles being lifted off each one of you. And in that place where the shackles are removed, you have been given the freedom. And that freedom is for his kingdom, not the freedom to do whatever you please, but to do what he requires of you. And in this place of freedom, the Lord just literally says, trust me. Trust me. I hear scripture saying like his yoke is easy. And he's just asking that you trust him. And then he just goes on to say, hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to you. 
I think whatever else you have, you can then close it out because this wasn't supposed to be. This was just supposed to be a reflection today. Sure. No, that's. <sighs> no, that's it. I would encourage you guys to go back and look at some of the messages as you reflect, because the next one that's coming is going to be a little harder than what you were shaking with before, because your uh, final area that he's doing the last few plagues, and then the Israelites are clearly, clearly set free to go into the place to be worshiping instruments for their Lord. And so take a journey back, look at the messages and anything that bears witness if that you did not do, go back and make sure that you sit before the Lord and have a conversation with him. Shandon, you wanna close us out in prayer? Sure. <sighs> Lord, all is for your glory. That in all things, you may have the preeminence in our lives. That you might have the first place in our lives. We give you honor. We give you the glory. We say that you are worth it, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to help. But most importantly, I thank you for your bride. I recognize how precious each and every one of these people are to you. I recognize how they are accepted in the beloved. I thank you, Lord, for their souls. I thank you, Lord, for fertile ground. I thank you, Lord, for the pruning. I thank you, Lord, for the kiln. I thank you, Lord, for the refiner's fire. I thank you, Lord, for the consuming. And we thank you, Lord God, for the consecration. Give us sweet sleep as we go to bed tonight. And let what you've said continue to play in us as we receive your words by the Spirit, Lord. By your Holy Spirit. We thank you. We honor you. We bless your holy name, for there is none like you, Lord. Amen. Good night, you guys. Have a good one. Amen. Good night. Good night. Good night. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, TQ 
www.ghostsfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.